Good morning, everyone. Certainly appreciate the goodness of the Lord this morning. I really covet your prayers. Need to pray for our pastor and our pastor's wife. Both of them are really, really sick. We need our prayers. Amen. If you have your Bibles, like to read with us in Luke chapter 2. While you're turning, let me say, I, I preached from these scriptures several, several years ago. I'd love to have found some of my notes, Brother Bob. It might want to help me this morning, but uh, anyhow, here we are, and I trust I can say something this morning that will encourage you on this journey of life that we're traveling at a rapid speed, amen. Luke chapter 2, and on <clears throat> for sake of time, it's very familiar scripture. I want to, let's start with verse, uh, well, let's start with Verse 41. Right. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when, he had, and when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph, his mother, and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinfolk and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. Amen. It's uh, <clears throat> a very, very familiar scripture, church. And I'm sure you've read this story many times. But if the Lord would help us, for just a little while, I'd like to preach on the greatest dangers in life that compass you and I. The greatest dangers in life, Brother Jim, that compass us. Verse 44 said, But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey. Would you stretch your hand this way and ask God to? Help this pitiful little preacher, please, Lord. Lord, I ain't nothing, I know that. And God, if you don't help me, it'll be a big flop. And this congregation deserves better than that. Would you come to us this morning, Lord, and help us to glean from your word something that'll give us strength to carry on in this journey of life that we may reach our goal, and that is heaven. We'll honor you, Lord, and we'll praise you for it, for we ask it in Jesus' name. The congregation said, Amen. <clears throat> you know, the gospel had much to say about the birth of Jesus Christ, and it had a, a, a lot to say about his public ministry. Uh, it also talked about his atoning death and victorious resurrection, and his ascension back to the Father, but it's strangely silent in the years from his birth to his manhood. Uh, I'm sure you've studied the scripture. Brother Bob is quite a scriptorian. Uh, and, but one of the things that we are privileged to do 
is to glance at these scriptures here and see what the writer calls the hidden years of Nazareth. We know from the scriptures, church, that he is a 12-year-old boy, and it was the time of the annual journey to Jerusalem for the feast. And uh, Jerusalem was around 80 miles from Nazareth where they lived at this time, which would be about like from here to Pikeville, Kentucky. I think the sign out here says 83 miles to, to Pikeville. So when you, when you think about the distance of 80 miles and the journey that was to be made by foot over land, uh, also packing enough stuff for this journey here uh, to take them there and uh, the time that they would spend there and then the journey back home again, you, you're talking about a, a slow progress. But we know they, they made this journey because they arrived in Jerusalem here uh, from this story. As devout as Joseph and Mary was to worship God, church, at this yearly feast, in, in doing all this, they became distracted and they became removed from what was going on around them in, uh, uh, you know, uh, all of the uh, hustle and bustle and everything and uh, things that was closely associated. The feast lasted several days, and then, and then it came the time that they broke camp and uh, began to pack everything up and start that long journey back home. Amen. In reading the Bible, you'll realize Jesus wasn't an only child. He had brothers and sisters. Uh, the Bible said, you know, in the, in the 12 years that he had lived, there were children added to this family here. Mary was uh, the average mother who had lived some, uh, you know, uh, she had all the duties and cares of a mother. And her oldest child was 12, 12 years and down. Now, <clears throat> I don't know how many they had in that space of time. The Bible doesn't say how they were spaced out here. I know mother, she had nine children in ten years. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe one in her arms and, and the rest hanging on to her skirt. I don't know. Amen. But I'm trying to draw a picture here. She had to make this journey that way, church. Now, that says, uh, you know, she... Uh, She's got all these little ones in tow here, and she makes her leave from Jerusalem back to uh, uh, Nazareth. No doubt they, they made the journey early while the kids were still sleepy so you could make some time uh, before you have to stop. You, you know how it was and how it is, huh? My grandson, they, they getting ready to... Uh, to go on a vacation, and he said he told me there yesterday, Brother Jim. He said, "I hope our baby does all right on this trip." I understood what he was saying. You mothers and dads would understand. You know, uh, you can recall uh, the question: How much farther? When are we going to get there? Huh? 
Oh, come on, help me here. We're awful quiet this morning. Amen. You know, <clears throat> this long hazardous journey was broken up, no doubt, by, by segments uh, of days. They, they, they would walk as long as they could, and, uh, and then they would uh, pitch tent, and they'd fix supper. And, you know, the Bible doesn't say, church, but, but I wonder if it wasn't about supper time when Mary had everything prepared and she had the plates out for the children and she noticed one is missing from supper. And so she says to Joseph, have you seen Jesus? He said, no, I, I thought he was with you. She said, I thought he was with you. And so, you know, they, they began to look for him. The Bible said here in verse 44, and sought him among the kinfolk and acquaintance. How long did that take to run through, you know, the little journey? So it was that they, they looked for him among all those that were traveling with them. Now, <clears throat> I can see Joseph, uh, you know, him going among his kinfolk, and he asked, is Jesus with your boys? No, we hadn't seen him all day. I, I don't know. And so he goes to the next. And have you seen my boy Jesus? No, I, I hadn't seen him. And on and on till he goes through the whole company of people here. Can you imagine, church, the expression on his face as he comes back to Mary and no Jesus? How do you tell a mother your child is missing. Are you going to help me preach this morning? There is no need of going any further, church. Nazareth was now not important here. It, it started out to be very important. Home. You know, when, when, we, would, uh, when we would go off uh, somewhere and come back, uh, Brenda's mom, she would, uh, she would say, there's no place like home in Israel. And, you know, she lived with us for, I think, six years there in Alabama, and that was home. And when we would come up here and visit, and we'd go back, you know, uh, a lot of times she would sit up front, and Brenda would sit in the back seat, and Mom would look around, but she didn't know where she was at. But when we got almost to the house, you could see it at the distance, I'd say, Mom, do you know where we're at? She said, yeah, there's our house. Home. Amen. But, but now we look at this story here. It's not important. So they will turn and they go back searching for Jesus. The Bible said so. You know, the lengthening of the shadows caused them to pitch their tent, but that's not important. And supper's not important. The only thing that's important to them now is to find Jesus. All of a sudden, the road back home has lost its glitter, church. And, and, and being a carpenter can wait. Isn't it strange how one, you know, you know, we uh, we have just one one event uh, can change the whole attitude of a day. Just one incident. Uh, Brother Philip uh, was talking there Friday night, and that young man was supposed to graduate. On Friday night, and he got killed on Thursday night. 
run up under a, a, a tractor and trailer. And to think of losing him in this most unlikely place, we're, we're looking at a story here of how Mary lost sight of Jesus and she lost sight of him in the worship of God. I hope you'll help me here. I, I wonder if I could stop and ask you a real personal question this morning. When was the last time that you really spoke to him? When was the last time that uh, you, you, you know, you, you see this, the, the last person you'd think would lose him would be his precious mother? Of all the people, you know, we, we, we wouldn't have thought that she could win a day's journey without asking questions. Where is he? But she did. There's hardly a day goes by that I don't talk to my boy. Brother Jim, there's sometimes two or three days go by that I don't talk to my daughter. It ain't that I don't love her, Uncle James. But, you know, I, I know she's there. She's she's around here somewhere. She's at the office or she's over at her house or she's run to the store or she's somewhere, Brother Randall, but she's around here somewhere. But, you know, it was the crowding church, uh, this, this religious feast year that got her attention, and it was the doing of other things that crowded him, not pushing him out, but crowding him out, not turning your back and walking away from him, but, you know, just letting things crowd in and making him less knowledgeable in our fellowship. And knowing he is somewhere around, but just just not right here where we can speak to him or touch him. He's just, you know, but but he's here somewhere. He's around, isn't he? I mean, you know, he must be because Sister Gillespie got so happy in the singing today that she journeyed around here showing the joy in her heart that he is. He's here. Huh? Her affection for him are not lacking here in this story. How did she lose her son here? You you had never thought that the interest uh, uh, she had for her son uh, uh, would be crowded by other family and, and, and perhaps her other children and she might lose sight of Jesus. So often we allow so many little things rob us of our time that we need to spend with Him. Am I preaching to you this morning? You know, He is the most unlikely person that the, 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 the temple is the most unlikely place. But she lost Him in the temple. Not for, for good, church, but distracted long enough until... It's going to cost her more than what it did to lose him. Come on, help me here. You see, sometimes we forget that when we begin to get uh, distracted and slowful and dilatory, it'll cost us a whole lot more to pick up the pace than it would if we had kept in touch with him. Because you're going to need him somewhere. You see... 
This one word is the key word to all of the tragedy and bitter regret here that's going to be in her heart. As we look at these scriptures, this, this one word is going to bring her to the attention and, and her heartache she will suffer until she lays her eyes on her son again. How often we have heard on the news of children being missing. Just this past week, people, you know, my, my niece, Laura, her son went missing for two days. And my older sister, Joe, which is Laura's mother, and Laura were, they were hysterical until they found her son. Oftentimes when children go missing, it doesn't have a happy ending, does it? Too often we read of the tragedy in the newspaper or hear it on the news. You see, we see some tragedies where we wonder if someone could have just took their child to Sunday school or if someone could have thought them important enough to keep their eyes on them and not lose focus. There, there are some right now that I am very concerned about, Brother Bob, because Daddy don't care and Mama's too occupied. And so they are left to their own discretion. And so they are, you know, we have those that are so near eternity, and yet the Bible said, if you gain the whole world and you lose sight of Jesus in doing it, what would you give in exchange for your soul? Very few just walk away and slam the door in Jesus' face, Brother Jim. You see, and start doing what sinners do, they just gradually, Brother Keith, just gradually drift away from him through occupying their time with other things. We, You know, we, we get so busy and, and sidetracked, and we let things crowd him out, and, and, and things that shouldn't crowd him out. We should hold him in, in high esteem in our life, but we hold him at a further distance. And, and, and we get used to him being at that distance, and, and we don't feel bad at not speaking to him on a daily basis because we're so busy we don't have time to pray like we ought to pray. We don't have time to sit down and read our Bible like we ought to read our Bible. And, and you know, church, we, we don't feel bad when he hasn't touched us in a special way like he did some of you here this morning in this service. Well, I see I'm not helping you this morning. We know he's somewhere in the church or in a nearby neighboring church at a revival. He was here last service. He was here this morning. But did we feel him in our heart? Listen to what the Bible said here. I'm preaching on the greatest dangers that compass us. He said, but they supposed him to have been in the company when a day we suppose he's here because Sister Gillespie shouted. 
we suppose he's in the midst because the choir sung Brother James so wonderfully, Sister Dave. And the presence of God came down so sweet in the service. The Lord warned us of those cares of life, church, and we get so busy. She didn't want to forget him, church, but the affairs of this life and the cares of this life. Luke 12 and 34 said, Take heed to yourself, lest at any time your heart be overcharged and the cares of this life, so that that day come upon you unawares. How late is it? It's late enough that we need to take care of the most important thing in our life, and that's Jesus Christ. Cares of life can cause you to fall. Cares of life can cause you to get so distracted from the main issue of life. The main issue is knowing where he is at all times and being able to talk to him in a moment's notice, can you reach him? Because there's going to be emergency or crisis. You know, the, the, the news uses that a lot anymore. Everything's a crisis. But I'll tell you, the real crisis is if you lose track of him. That's the real crisis. Hear me now, church. It's more than just going to church. America is full of churchgoers. Everybody's a Christian anymore, seems like. You talk to them, they'll tell you. You know, <clears throat> Mary did not fall into some sin here. She didn't backslide from her love for him. It was just the necessary matters that came and crowded in upon her until she lost track of him. And I'm asking this this morning, are we allowing the cares of this life and all the pressure that's put on us? And I'm telling you, Brother, Brother Payne done a wonderful job Thursday night, and he done a wonderful job Friday night in this uh, uh, graduation service. Very, very weighty words. Mary let things distract her for a day things that she had to do as a mother, things that she had to do as a wife. Her attention and her heart became so cluttered that one day, church, with things that she left Jesus to take care of himself. Have you done that? Just left one to himself to take care? Huh? When do we become slaves to things? When do we, you know, Allow them to be more important to us than what is the most important thing. Oh, preacher, I, I'd like to do that. I, 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 you know, I'm all the time inviting people to church. They may not come. I look for David and his wife this morning, but they're not here. He told me Friday, he said, I'll be there. We're going to try our best to come. He helped Brother Philip yesterday. Brother Philip told me this morning, he said, David and his wife said they would be here. I said, he told me the same thing. But sometimes we allow other little things. That's not all that. It, the most important thing is our salvation, church. And anything other than that, you know, I, I, 
Preacher, I, I, I'd like to be there. I, I'd like to go to church, but I have so many things that's pressing me that I need to take care of, and the only time seems like that they can take care of it is on Sunday. Huh? The Lord's Day. The one day that God did set aside for every man to worship Him. You know, I, I really need to take more time for the Lord, but when you, when you look, it's not the devil or some bad habit, but it's a, a mastery of things that you cannot let go of to take time to come to the house of God. But because you, you, you can't drop those things, you're, you're, you're further away from the Lord than you've ever been in your life. Oh, God, help me this morning. I, I'm sorry. You, you deserve better preaching than this. When you, when you turn and, and you're, not, you're, you're not picking up smoking or ball games or any of those things that God saved you from, but, but yet we realize there's distance between us and God. And it's going to take you a while to cover that distance. You've drifted away from God. You didn't get there overnight. Huh? Things that, that de deceive our reasoning, things that drug our consciousness, things that carry us away from Him. Amen. I look around, church, and I, I, I see all the empty pews, and I wonder what is so important that we couldn't take an hour and a half out of our time to come to the house of God. Just to talk to Him, just to feel the, just to hear the singing, the songs of Zion, to hear the testimonies. Oh, What's it worth to us? Are we so busy that, you know, I, I worked for other people. I've been a builder most of my life. I worked seven years in the coal mine, but I built on the side trying to feed my family, Brother Harvey. But at the same time, and I don't say this boastfully, but I felt because I know me, Brother Jim, if I didn't get, I needed that midweek service. To help me, Brother Bruce, to make it through the week. Because the load on my shoulder of trying to provide work for those that work for me, Brother Chad, and see that they had work. And, and you know, I never, I never put my work before the house of God. Many times I shut her down knowing I needed to get this accomplished because the weather was going to change. But I needed the house of God more than I needed that accomplished. And I'm going to tell you, you need God more than you need anything else in this world. That's why he said to seek you first the kingdom of God and his riches. He's got to be first. He said, I'll add all these. He's always took care of me. I had a guy working for me come up to me one day and he said, Brother Roger, I need a new vehicle, but I don't know how the work situation is to where to go in debt for it or not. I said, son, I'll, I'll just tell you the way I do. I trust the Lord. When I need something, 
I don't know what. He wanted to know if I had work lined out way out ahead. I didn't know what's out ahead. I know what's right now. And if we put it in God's hand, my boy is troubled because his blood pressure. He was nervous when he went in for that exam to, to go back to work. And his blood pressure shot up. And he said, Dad, my blood pressure since I've had my open heart surgery has never been high. But it was high that day. I said, son, you've got to relax and realize. Take a breath. If God brought you this far, he ain't going to take you out there. And church of God's not going to take you out and drop you and just leave you there. That's not God. He's with us. You know, you, we look at, at the time. We, we, we think that uh, they are, are, are so important to us, those things of life. But, but in a little while... They are nothing but clutter along life's highway. Things that we really don't need. Huh? Oh, I, I, I wish I could preach to you this morning. And show you how important the journey of life is. When, when, when I was praying and I was studying for this message, I, I realized not only am I preaching to you, but I'm preaching to myself, okay? I'm not talking to people who don't dress right or who uh, fight holiness. You love holiness. But I'm talking to you who love the Lord, but some of you have let things go in your life. And, and, and please, please don't be hurt at me. You are neglecting those imperishable things that you need to hang on to. For you see, things that are temporal are going to pass away after a while. They're all going to be gone. These clothes that I wear, they're not going to last forever. Huh? Amen. They're perishable. The car that we drive, it's perishable. It ain't going to last forever. I can't name all the vehicles I've owned in my lifetime. Yeah, some of them was wore out before I got a hold of them. But they was new to me, huh? But they finally wore out. And that old truck that I ride is 20 years old. It's got 460-plus thousand miles on it. It's still plugging along. My son-in-law said, Roger, that thing's wore out. Why don't you trade that in and get you in it? Well, you know, if I had his income, I might could. But I've prayed 460,000 miles that God would let me get at least 600,000 miles out of it. We can last, but I'm almost a half a million miles. I've got almost, I'm within a hundred and thirty-some thousand miles of getting that 600,000 miles. Huh? Still running. Never had nothing done. It may quit tomorrow. I don't know. It's never had nothing done to the engine. Nothing. Zero. Had to put a transmission in. But it's gone. But you see, we get so wrapped up. We all know that church, and, and, and yet we spend more time on these things that creep in than we do on Him. Huh? You know, I'm not helping you, am I? I'm trying. I really am. Brother James, maybe you should have filled in today for Brother Philip. You've done such a good job last Sunday. Oh, I wish I could help you this morning. He has promised us 
that he would be the same yesterday, today, and forever. And yet we neglect him. The only person in my life that is eternal is Jesus Christ. All other things will perish. They're going to pass away. You and I are going to pass away sometime. Huh? This is what happened to Mary. She let things creep in until they crowded out the duty that we feel has to be done. Oh, I've got to do this. Uh, and then before you know it, it's getting later on up in the morning, and we've got to start dinner, and then we've got to do this, and we've got to do that, and then with supper, and then before you know it, we're so wore out at the end of the day that we just crash. Huh? And we start all over tomorrow. This is what happened to Mary. She let all this creep in until it crowded out the duty that was really the most important thing. Those duties as a mother church, those duties as a father, as a husband, that must be done. Those duties that our forefathers used to do and not even think about missing the house of God. Huh? They wouldn't dream of missing church. My dad would be here and there. I said, Dad, it's the church time. I don't care. I don't want to be late. But I know you've got jobs and you can't help it. I'm glad you come when you can, but, but come, huh? You see, they realized they needed the Lord more than anything else, and you and I do too, church. What's that old song? I need you more today than I did yesterday. Mountains are higher, rivers are wider. I need you more today. Oh, we do, church. We need him more and more every day. All the violence and wickedness that's going on. Oh, I wish I could preach to you. I sure need you. I want to ask you, what is life been to you? What's it doing to you? In this year that's already a third over, what has it been doing to you these past months? My, has it flew by. It seemed like only yesterday, Brother Jerry, we just, in the bitter winter, cold, couldn't do nothing but work. I've been so cold this year, my hands, it'd be hours before I could get the feeling back in them. Somebody said, y'all work outside? Yeah, winter and summer. Very few days we get in now the weather, huh? Dad always told me it's a poor hide that won't turn water. I put a raincoat in my truck, and we work in the rain sometimes. You know, have they drawn us closer to God? Have you won a soul? Have you prayed a matter through for yourself? What have we done, church, with those days with the Lord that God has given us? A third of this year is gone, and what... Are, are, are there more days that you suppose him in our midst, or are there more days that you have felt his presence near you and you knew he was right there? Because you can feel him around you. Life is pressing us on, church. Oh, I wish I could get an amen. We must go on. You can't turn life. Nicodemus found out you can't turn life around. We must go on. We can't quit. Life pushes its own. So what has it been doing for you and I these past months? Oh, 
What is the life, church, that, uh, that we would let little things take the most important thing that we need in life, and that's this. Allow it to cause us to lose sight of the best friend that we've ever had. Oh, what is life doing to us when, when, when it hazes our vision until we can't find him in the crowd? Not by sin. There wasn't no sin. Not, not by a, a callousness or, or being indifferent, but to let duty and things crowd the Savior out of our heart and cause us to be so far from him we can't even find him in the crowd. We fail to pray and we fail to worship him as we ought to. We come, the Spirit of the Lord moves, and we sit back and say, Well, if somebody will run around the church one more time, I'm going to get... Huh? Have you ever done that? Am I the only one that's ever done that? I mean, I, I, I'm preaching to me too, church. I, I'm, I'm trying to help us this morning. Not by sin and hey, we, 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 you know, I, I hope you understand. I, I'm not insisting there's sin in the camp, but I'm talking to good people who have let innocent, necessary things crowd in on you until you are not affected by the Word of God like you ought to be. Oh, am I reaching anybody's heartstrings today? I sure am trying. I, I, I'm about done. Sister Dana, if y'all would come. You remember the woman at the well in John chapter 4? The woman with the scarred life. This woman, this woman made some interesting observation that might pay us to look into, church. Two, we need to look at her view that she had on life. There in this, in this scripture here, there were two things that guided her life. And uh, she said in verse 20, Sir, our fathers worshipped in this mountain. That was her past history. Her memory of her fathers worshipping on this mountain. And then she, she looked to her future and her hope. And this is all she said here in verse 25. I know the Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he has come, he will tell us all things. That was her hope. Hope of the future. Somebody would come and, and somebody would help her of her past and all the trouble. She remembered this is the way that my father used to worship. This is the way they used to do at the house of God. I've had some sinners just recently tell me the same thing. My mama used to go down there to church. My dad worshiped there. huh? But in between her early teaching in this mountain and this, this mountain of hope that is piled up around her, there was this story of the life that she had with five husbands and the one that she's now with wasn't hers. How did it happen? We really don't know how old this woman was, church. The Bible doesn't say, but we do know that life had done this to her. How long did it take her, knowing that her father's worshipped this way, to get to the place where she could look at this mountain where her father worshipped and then throw it away and just 
go to the ways of the wind. Amen. She was thrown away all that she knew that her fathers did. And now she's with a man whom she wasn't married to. And finally, that that past pull uh, could not hold her because those days, whatever they were, we don't know, church, uh, but, but we really, you know, when, when, when Jesus found this woman here between her past and her future, she had so wasted her life until she was an outcast and she did not do that on purpose. And you won't get away from God on purpose. Little things will crowd God out until he's such a distance until it's easier to do this instead of get back to him. It's easier to do this instead of drawing closer. So we look at the, the life uh, so closed up on her, she forgot her teaching of her past. How do people do that? People that we've sat with in the house of God. People that we've worshipped with in the house of God that are so far away from God tonight. How did that happen? Oh, what made her forget her father's words? How many people do you know in this area? whether it's children or kin, that you know they know better than what they're doing. And yet they're caught up in the cares of life. And they can say, Baba Hubba, my daddy, worship that. And some of them are so starving for the peace of God, Brother Jim. My mama came faithfully. They had a prayer line. God answered my mama's prayers. I had a friend of mine tell me one time, my mama prayed me out of trouble. Oh, God. I've talked to some. They told me, My father was there. But now between yesterday and the hope of today stands children that are out of touch with God and they're away from God this morning. I wish I could be here. woman said she will tell us all things. Oh, that was her hope, church. The faith of her father. The faith of grandma and grandpa had a real experience with God. But what about you? What is life doing to you this morning? Are you closer to God than you've ever been or are you further away? Mom and dad, grandpa, grandma, they all worshipped here. This woman here, her mind was so cluttered with life, she didn't even know what true worship was. She had drifted so far from God. 
Jesus finally had to tell her, you don't even know what you're worshiping. John 4, 22, he said, you worship, you know not what. He came, he was there before her, but she couldn't even recognize him, Brother Chad. She didn't recognize who he was. How many times has he come by, reached out to you and I, and you couldn't even see the opportunity that was before you? Oh, I've watched him weep and cry and walk out those doors. Knowing the hope they had was right here, but they went that way instead of this way. Stand to your feet this morning. I'm sorry, church. I should have done better. You know, Jesus waited earnestly to draw you up to where he is and back to the fellowship with him. And you can have it this morning. You can have that fellowship back. Don't get so busy that you let lesser things become more important than God himself. Knowing we need to and not doing it is a dangerous place to be, church. My little message to you this morning is the greatest dangers in life that can pass us is neglect. That's why Paul said in Hebrews 2 and 3, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Read my text to you again. But they supposed him to have been in the company when a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinfolks and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. I hope you'll turn back to him and seek him this morning. Let's come. Let's pray while Sister Dana and them sing for us. Would you? It can be found. What the cost I've got to make it. It doesn't matter what the cost I've got to make it. Whoa! 
is outstanding preaching and I love the word of God it will strengthen you give you a strength that you need you can't get any place else don't you love the Lord well let's stand up here's some sirens going off I guess it's dinner time God bless you good evening and please 
come back tonight, come praise him. God bless you.